0: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on Thursday, February the 4th, 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com websites. Scroll down the front page, and you'll see all the other sites I have up there. You should bookmark these for future use. The big ones go down once in a while. And sometimes, too, if you experience stickiness on downloads when you're in the comm site, that's because everyone else is in the com site at the same time. So you might get through quicker on these other sites as well. There's cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca. There's Alan Watt cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. And there's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And finally, there's Alan Watt, sentinel.eu. The EU, the European site, has all the same audios for downloads of all the talks I've given, but it has a lot of transcripts for downloads as well, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe. Print them up and pass them to, around to your friends. And remember that you, the audience, bring me to you. I'm probably one of the few hosts out there who doesn't get backing not because I couldn't get, I, I could certainly get backing. I've been offered so many uh, companies to back me and so on, I've said no. Uh, but it's up to you to keep me going because that leaves me independent basically and I can see much more than other people can. You can tied if you're getting money directly from people who you'll bring on as guests who actually sell stuff and so on. Therefore, it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by going into cutting through the matrix.com website, see what's for sale there, the books and so on. I've written the discs and all that, and you can see how to pay for it as well. Remember that personal checks are good from the U.S. to Canada. You can also use um, international postal money orders from your post office. got to stress international if you don't like to use a bank. You can use PayPal for purchasing or donations. If you want to purchase something, just send a separate email and give me your order through for PayPal. And also, you can use MoneyGram, Western Union, or Cash. Outside the Americas, same deal. Western Union, MoneyGram, Cash, uh, or PayPal. Uh, so that's the best way to get it done. And also, a lot of people get disburned and passed to them to play on CD players. You can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site41, Box4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E, 4, N, 1. But remember, don't sit back and wait for someone else to, to chip in. That's what everyone does at the same time. The result is no one chips in. Uh, so I don't charge for these shows, as you well know. I've given out hundreds of talks in the past for free. And uh, it certainly doesn't help me on this end at all. It, believe you me, it's a big, big sacrifice. Sometimes too much of one. Now, since 2001, the world has altered drastically into uh, really, a, ple- a world police state under the guise of terrorism. And we all had to change our ways, not just for terror. If you notice that the, the globalization boys are bringing in ecology, eugenics, uh, population reduction, all of these things are all part of this new world order. This was called the century of change. It was called that in the last century by those in academia who were working towards this present system of totalitarianism a system where science and academia will rule our lives. We won't have to think or make a single decision for ourselves. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix. I often mention what's happened since 2001 because we adapt so quickly that we tend to forget it all and we get on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing not realizing that all of this is nothing more. This whole part of the script that we're living through uh, literally is that. It's a script. We're living through a planned script with implementation dates for new parts of the script to come into effect when 2001 happened immediately the media was on the streets and in every country Canada the States Britain everywhere with the same questions would you give up your freedom and your rights for security that's what it was all about to try to get us used to the idea that that's what was coming And it's the oldest trick in the book, of course, is to give up uh, all your rights and freedoms for that very thing, for security. Whether it's the king who promises it, or the government, the state, whatever, it's all the same thing. There's always an ulterior motive behind it. The ancient Romans did it once in a while when a tyrant came into power. So here they go again, and sure enough, we adapt. We've had so many crisis since 2001, you can't keep up with them. It's impossible by the law of averages to have so many crises happen one after another in such a few span of years. We've had so-called the terrorists to begin with, uh, terrorism, terrorism everywhere. We had countless stories of ships off New York Harbor that could blow up uh, with nuclear explosions and all this kind of stuff and red alerts and uh, all the stuff we saw in the Star Trek uh, movies, which got us used to that whole idea, amber, uh, orange and red alerts and so on. One after another. And then we went through the, the, uh, the, the bird flu was going to kill us. And then it was West Nile virus. It was a massive plague and it just died off into nothing. And, um, and then of course we had the, the bank crashes uh, uh, followed by uh, getting plundered by our governments to to pay the banks for their cuttingness and crashing the economy, uh, and then immediately followed up, immediately followed up uh, with uh, the, the flu, the coming flu pandemic that never happened either, and government was throwing money everywhere, everywhere this whole time. Isn't it astonishing? that before 2001 they didn't have the money for good health care they didn't didn't have money for good social security they just didn't have money for this that and the other but as soon as 2001 comes up boy billions and billions go into the war efforts and all the different agencies that have been created since in every country uh, trillions went into bailing out the banks billions went into buying uh, useless flu vaccines recently And we forget all this. It's astonishing, and it's so true, too, that we've been called the most adaptable species on the planet. And we are. We'll adapt to anything, no matter how crazy it is. Until everything becomes normal again, you see. Normal is always a new normal. And we take it for granted. That's why you can't let things happen like this and just let it go. You can't adapt and let it go or it's here forever and it will get worse. That's the intention of it. The century of change is to bring in the planned society. The society where no longer will you or your families decide uh, to even get married or have families for that matter. Everything will be decided by the state according to the needs of the state. I'm talking about the world state, by the way how many laborers will need in a particular century for particular jobs, and how many workers in other areas, other fields. Um, cloning, genetical, uh, genetic engineering will come in to, to create special workers. That's old stuff, and the big academic papers and magazines are full of that. It's all about that. It's, it's giving them the right to rule the world, being the, the, the ones best suited to, to rule it, according to themselves, of course. That's what it's about. And every government's going into this transitional phase where they've got committees and, and members of these organizations on board with government with them. They're unelected, but this is part of the transition phase into this brave new world. If you remember H.G. Wells's movie and his novel uh, to do with uh, uh, the future um, that was coming down. He actually wrote it, I think, before World War I. And it was Shape of Things to Come. Eventually, you found that the scientists of the air, he called them the a new Freemasonry of the air, he actually calls it in his book. And in the first old black and white movie, he says that there's no democracy there whatsoever. It's a, a dictatorship of the air made up of the top scientists, uh, you, you'll find that in so many uh, movies, the messages that are out there, that basically were are post-political, we post-democratic, exactly what the Club of Rome said in their book, The First Global Revolution. They said they looked through all the different systems in the world of running and ruling people and they came to, to believe that collectivism, as the closest to the Soviet system, was the best means of rule. Because in a democracy, there are too many conflicting parties, too many demands being made by different parties, that they couldn't get anything done. And I've mentioned this before. Margaret Thatcher talked about belonging to this parallel government that Quigley talked about, which is, of course, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which is also the Council on Foreign Relations. And she said uh, the same thing. She said, uh, uh, I, as an ex-Prime uh, Minister, know all the other ex-Prime Ministers of other countries and Presidents, and together we form a parallel government uh, we have power we we know how to get things done and they're not responsible then to the public exactly what quigley had said and he said remember that organization had already been running the us for 60 years and he wrote this book back in the 1960s so we're on a a roll through a, a script a script where they know exactly, through the incredible studies they have done on humanity and human behavior, uh, through the sciences, uh, how long to give it between each hit, as they hit us with something new. They even know adaptation times for different types of things that are coming down the pike. That's how precise all this stuff is. And they gave us the internet too, and I know they're talking about licensing it now, uh, but they've been talking about that for years and that will come eventually. You'll be licensed and authorized to be on there with a whole set of rules and what to talk about and not talk about, etc. However, we forget that they gave us the Internet. It's been a fantastic tool for them. The military-industrial complex was using it for years and years and years before they decided to give the people the Internet. It was not a bunch of guys in their back, their back uh, sheds all communicating together that created the internet. That's a myth. It's as much of a myth as Bill Gates creating uh, the, the empire himself. All mythology making. Uh, this was designed to come into being because everything in our system will be cashless. Everything will be done through computer. But it's also teaching you and training you uh, to go further and further uh, from just the basic computer. And then you've got your iPods and your Bluetooth and all the rest of it. Everything is getting smaller, much more packed into it. And eventually they're going to say, well, we can't make it any smaller with all these things. Well, let's put it in your head. Simple solution. We'll put it in your head and we're being adapted and adapted right to that very stage, of course. It's also the greatest tool for watching the whole population of the planet. Daily, they have access to whatever you're, you're looking at. I've read the surveys have done already uh, on clusters, how clusters of people are formed. Why do you like these people? Why do you communicate with these people? What do you all have in common outside the obvious? What's what's the underlying factors behind it too? All massive studies done on us all the time and personality profiles as well. The Pentagon has a whole world, a virtual reality with every one of us in it as a person with a profile and they update it accordingly. Because you must know that we are all perfectly predictable. This article here, there's only one in many. I get fed up reading these kind of stuff because uh, they've been watching us since they gave us the Internet. And it says, uh, it, it's, uh, it says, Google to enlist the NSA to help it ward off cyber attacks. Washington Post, uh, February the 4th. The world's largest internet search company and the world's most powerful electronic surveillance organization—it's a spy organization. It spies on the whole world. The NSA are teaming up in the name of cybersecurity under an agreement that is still being finalised. The National Security Agency would help Google analyse a major corporate espionage attack. a great excuse that the firm said originated in China and targeted its computer networks, according to cybersecurity experts familiar with the matter. The objective is to better defend Google and its users from future attacks. So it's for your good, you see. Uh, Google Analytics declined to comment on the partnership, but sources with knowledge of the arrangement, speaking on the condition of anonymity, said the alliance is being designed to allow the two organisations to share critical information without violating Google's policies or laws that protect the privacy of Americans' online communications. Well, that's simple. Because they do what they did in government too. When, they, when the law's in their way, they simply change laws, right? Then it's legal. The sources said the deal does not mean the NSA will be viewing users' searches or email accounts or that Google will be sharing proprietary data. Well, <laughs> the NSA's been spying on us all with all our data since it was set up. That was its purpose an awful, awful long time ago as the partnership strikes at the core of one of the most sensitive issues for the government and private industry in the evolving world of cybersecurity, how to balance privacy and national security interests. On Tuesday, Director of National Intelligence Dennis C. Blair Blair called the Google attacks, which the company acknowledged in January, a wake-up call. Cyberspace cannot be protected, he said, without a collaborative effort that incorporates both the U.S. private sector and their international partners. And that's only really one of the many articles, and I'll go on with more uh, where, where the police are going with it too after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix Just talking about how the creeping powers certainly do creep Sometimes they charge, but generally it's a creeping uh, attack that they do uh, Over time, insidiously, until we adapt again so quickly and easily to it Once we know it's there And a lot of people don't, really don't mind Most of the public, mind you, uh, honestly don't mind what's happening in the world at all as long as they get their paycheck, can spend money, buy little things to amuse themselves with, to reward themselves with, and watch television and play games. They're egosyntonic, exactly the kind of culture that Bertrand Russell said they would create, and he said that back in the 40s, I think it was. Egosyntonic and hedonistic, that's what you have out there. A disconnected society where no one's connected to anyone else, except for personal predatory purposes, uh, which are transitory. But here's, here's another article here from CNET News, and it uh, says police want backdoor to web users' private data. So why shouldn't the cops get in on the act as well? F- uh, Fre- February third, two 2010. At the moment, apparently, the, there's a special uh, deal that all the big servers give the police, and I, someone actually sent it to me with all the list prices of the different companies, how much it takes to spy on each person uh, for a week, for a, for a month, and so on, and all the deals they have for police services. It's an in-house thing only, but I got it sent to me. So this is kind of like a rehash of this in a sense, because they already have these, but they want a speedier, faster way of getting access to people's mail and data. So it's a pre- February the 3rd, it says... Uh, Anyone with an email account likely knows that that police can peek inside if they have a paper search warrant. Well, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? That they need a paper search warrant, but we'll let that pass. But cybercrime investigators are frustrated by the speed of traditional methods of faxing, mailing, or emailing companies these documents. They're pushing for the creation of a national web interface, linking police computers with those of Internet and email providers, so requests can be sent and received electronically, and what they mean is really automatically. CNET has reviewed a survey scheduled to be released at a federal task force meeting on Thursday, which says that law enforcement agencies are virtually unanimous in calling for such an interface to be created. Well, there's nothing, of course, they don't want, right? There's nothing. That the, the cops are getting not that the same equipment the military's got. And all the rest of the toys and goodies, why shouldn't they go the whole way? Because that's what they are now. They're a military force within. It says, um, mm-hmm. 89% of police surveyed said want to be able to exchange legal process requests and responses to legal process through an encrypted police-only nationwide computer network. The survey, according to two people with knowledge of the situation, is part of a broader push from law enforcement agencies to alter the ground rules of online investigations. Other components include renewed calls for laws requiring internet companies to store data about their users for up to five years and increase pressure on companies to respond to police inquiries in hours instead of days. But the most controversial element is probably the private web interface which raises novel security and privacy concerns especially in the wake of a recent Inspector General's report, and the PDF of the report is here from the Justice Department. The 289-page report detailed how the FBI obtained Americans' telephone records by citing non-existent emergencies and simply asking for the data or writing phone numbers on a sticky note, rather than following procedures required by law. Some companies already have, and so I was talking about, police-only web interfaces – Sprint Nextel operates what it calls the L Site, also known as the Legal Compliance Secure Web Portal. The company even has offered a course that will teach you how to create and track legal demands through L Site. Learn to navigate and securely download requested records. Cox Communications makes its price list for compli- uh, complying with police requests public. A 30-day wiretap cost the cops $3,500. I bet I've got the list price for all of them actually here. Google and Yahoo and so on. All the biggies. The police survey is not exactly unbiased. Its author is Frank Cardas, who is scheduled to present it at a meeting of the Online Safety and Technology Working Group organised by the US Department of Commerce. Cardas, a sergeant in the Phoenix Police Department and a project director of Arizona's Internet Crimes Against Children. She'd always use the children for all of this. <laughs> They'll have no rights at all because they, they claim it's for their children," said in an email exchange on Tuesday that he's still revising the document and was able unable to discuss it. So it, it's it's everything's on the cards. But most folk, honestly, truly, as you know this yourself too, your listeners out there, most folk that you meet uh, who are outside the loop really don't mind what happens at all. They, they really, really don't. You know, when they put these shows on television where they bring couples on and uh, they discuss their their incredible family problems and start yelling at each other on public international television of who's having affairs with whom, uh, is my wife a prostitute? And it's up to the host and them to find out. I mean, this when you see this kind of stuff happening, you know it's game over for the general public. They've never really ever been here to be lost. There's there's going to be another term for it, but they certainly have never been aware or sentient creatures. So they don't care that the government knows everything that you're watching on internet. Back with more after this break.
1: listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth.
0: Hi, folks. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Going back to the Council on Foreign Relations, which is just one branch, is a the American branch, although other countries that are non-British Empire or Commonwealth countries, as I like to call it, also have its departments on Council on Foreign Relations. They, they couldn't very well say the Royal Institute for International Affairs for America. It wouldn't go down too well. So they called it the Council on Foreign Relations. And this article here is in the Indy Truth, who took it from, I think, the August Review or August Review, and it's it's on the Council on Foreign Relations. It's a, a, a brief, kind of, very, very brief, very condensed kind of history. But it says uh, prior to the founding of the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations (CFR) was the most significant body of global-minded elitists in the United States. Actually, um, they go much, much further back it says, as far back as 1959. The CFR was explicit about a need for world government. And long before that, even during World War II, they were calling for world government. They did so claiming the U.S. must strive to build a new international order, including states labeling themselves as socialist to maintain and gradually increase the authority of the United Nations. And that was a purpose. But one of the main purposes of the Royal Institute of International Affairs-CFR was to bring in the United Nations, they created it and uh, is to bring in a global system of government and destroy nationhood. Since its founding, funded by the Rockefeller family, the CFR has been a who's who of the latest eastern establishment. The CFR's mission statement scratches the surface of what they're about. And they, get, they say here, founded in 1921, the Council on Foreign Relations is an independent national membership organization and a nonpartisan center for scholars dedicated to producing and disseminating ideas so that individual and corporate members as well as policymakers, journalists, students, and interested citizens in the United States and other countries can better understand the world and the foreign policy choices facing the United States and other governments. The wording of this mission statement is very interesting. Examining of, uh, examination of the CFR's actions and documents show that the foreign policy described is in fact globalism and the loss of national sovereignty. The methods carrying out these policies hardly allow for choice as they describe it, at least not in respect for the democratic process. The CFR is a leading contributor to a movement to build an international infrastructure system of super corridors through America See their document, Building a North American Community, and you can get links right from the site to it. This has involved selling public roads to foreign corporations, utilizing eminent domain laws to take land from American citizens, and forming a new secretive policy organization set on stripping America of its sovereignty, the North American Forum, and the link for that is on there too. Thanks to the involvement of mainstream media and organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations, it says Trilateral Commission and Bilderberg, the borders are being erased uh, without the inputs, approval, or even knowledge of the American people. And that's very true again. The bulk of the populace have a no clue and, and don't really care what's going on. The CFR also advocated globalizing the currency, arguing that eliminating monetary sovereignty will stabilize the global economy, which, by the way, the big bankers are on the board of the CFR also run as well. The plan is flawed, however, as it abandons the gold standard. The US dollar has become unstable and suffered heavy inflation since it has been printed without the backing of gold. Abandoning the gold standard puts the value of currency solely into the hands of those that print it, who are, of course, the bankers who have funded and continued to influence on the Council on Foreign Relations. There's a list here of the CFR Board of Directors. is really interesting. For the America, just for the U.S., that is. And all the biggies, uh, anybody who's anybody is on this Board of Directors here. That's not all the members, just the Board of uh, Directors. And it's interesting, even Madeline Albright's on it, too, of course. She's a president and principal of the Albright Group, LLC. But... Um, you look at what else Madeleine Albright is on. I mean, she's one of the on the director boards for NATO, for the war-making boys and all the rest of it. They're, they're all intertwined with all world affairs and policies, all these characters here. There's a long list of the board of directors, and you should go through this. I'll put the links up on my site at the end of the show, and you can go through them at your leisure. Now, from their own site, the Council on Foreign Relations uh They've got an international advisory board as well And I'm going to put this link up too And once again, it's uh, it's astonishing to see this list of the who's who across the world And all the big corporations that they run And they're into all the big things too The food industry, they own it all All the big boys who own it are all on the board Stuff like that It's quite fascinating really and that's what they, that's what they meant at the Club of Rome, uh, that, uh, democracy, that the democratic governments were no use. And that's why Thatcher said she talked about the belonging to the parallel government. And that's what she was referring to. Here's an example too, for, again from the Council on Foreign Relations on site of one of these foreign directors. Uh, and his name is Saeed Babar Ali. Just a little, a little bit about him. And it says here, Uh, He's from Pakistan, Chairman, Interbank Advisor, Packages Limited, former Minister of Finance, Economic Affairs and Planning for Pakistan. Mr. Ali is an advisor to Packages Limited, Pakistan's largest paper and board mill. He's also Chairman of Aventus Pakistan. That's a big drug pharma company, remember, that gives all the shots. Uh, uh, Bayer Crop Science and the Bayer uh, Corporation, the Rothschild Company. That GMOs, the food crop sciences, they've been in trouble recently. One of their boys, member, I read recently, said that uh, uh, they've contaminated all the crops. Now they can't stop it. That was from Bayer Corporation, uh, Crop Science. Uh, is, this guy is also an, on Siemens Pakistan Engineering Company Limited and Coca-Cola Beverages Pakistan Limited. From 72 to 96, he served in various capacities at the Worldwide Fund for Nature. Again, you, th- you think it's all the little greenies with their tin cans in the bottom that are making the, the shot. No, no, they're just the, uh, the idiots that are following. They're, they're, the, they're the, the clones that just uh, all go and follow the boys at the top. These guys run the World Wildlife Institutes and so on. So this guy's uh, the head of the, the WWF, World Wide Fund for Nature. They make the rules. They want the conservation because it's, it's nothing to do with what you think it is. It's for a controlled population and society. He was also international president from 96 to 99 and is now vice president of emeritus, uh, president emeritus of the WWF international. He was also Pakistan's minister of finance, economic affairs and planning. That's the sort of characters they've got on their international board member lists. It's quite fascinating, really. And you think you live in democracies. You really do. You really, really do astonishing now here's an article here I'm going to put the link up for this too it's from Wiley Interscience and it's about I mentioned neuroscience the other day that brings in the the, the, the neuro linguistics and and psycholinguistics it's all part of it it's to do with understanding the brain and actually stimulating and controlling the brain and this article here is about uh, neural law Neurolaw, law also known as Law and Neuroscience of Legal or Legal Neuroscience, studies legal issues raised by recent developments in neuroscience, including cognitive and social neuroscience. Some proponents of Neuro-Law think that neuroscience will soon be used widely throughout the legal system and that it is bound to produce profound changes in both substantive and procedural law. In contrast, other leaders in neurolaw law employ a less sanguine tone urging caution so as to prevent misuses and abuses of neuroscience within courts, legislators, prisons, and other parts of the legal system. Regardless of perspective, neural law studies not only the descriptive and predictive issues of how neuroscience is and will be used in the legal system, but also the normative issues of how neuroscience should and should not be used within the legal system. And what is it about mind reading? Here we go, mind reading. And at the top, they've got um, the abstracts, uh, mind-reading, criminal responsibility, legal decision-making, what is on the horizon, and so on. One of the most controversial topics that sits at the nexus of these two disciplines is the application of neuroscience for mind-reading or detecting uh, mental states. They're already using primitive ones in airports. One important type of mind-reading is lie detection. Traditional lie detection polygraph is not admitted in any legal jurisdiction in the United States other than New Mexico. Recently, some companies have claimed success in detecting lies using neuroscience-based methods. One such method, electroencephalography, measures the brain activity via small electrodes placed on various areas of the scalp. This non-invasive, widely accepted method of measuring brain electrical potentials is employed in two forensic techniques that have made courtroom appearances. Brain fingerprinting and brain electrical oscillation signatures Brain fingerprinting reportedly, uh, reportedly tests for guilt knowledge Memory of a kind that only a guilty person could have than directly for deception This method was admitted into legal proceedings in Iowa in 2001 That was followed by the release of Terry Harrington Who had been serving a life sentence for a 1977 murder then he goes on and on about the different types of detections they're using, using what they're now calling neuroscience and neuroscientific methods. Quite something, really, the way it's, it's rampaging ahead. Now, what happens when you've got chips in your brain? Well, they'll go directly to the chip, and they won't need to put any wires on you at all. But mind you, they won't have to really wonder what you've done, because there'll be central computers guiding what you've done every day for the last few years that you've had the thing implanted. That came out, remember, at the 2001 Loyola meeting I've talked about before. Uh, It was a world science meeting with uh, top scientists in uh, the fields of uh, microchips and biology and various other sciences, and they said that they have the chip ready to go. A 600-page report came out at the time. They've had meetings ever, ever since. Newt Gingrich was put in as a chairman of the of these particular annual meetings now he of all people, and it really gave um, impetus to some movies that came out immediately following it to do with chips that could store your memories uh, I think it was the, the was it the cutter they called it that came out later to do with uh, funeral directors who'd be able to go into the chip, take out your memories and put a, a, a nice little collage together for the, the people to see uh, as you get it before you're getting buried at the funeral. That kind of stuff. But they're dead serious with this. They said the chip was ready to go. All they had to do now is put enough movies out there, novels and so on, propaganda, and get the public to accept it. But they also said that this would be the end of individuality as we know it. The, one of the guys from Japan, the top uh, guy who um, had experimented implanting these chips, which bind onto the neurons, by the way, you can't just remove them, uh, in some back alley uh, surgical unit, uh, he said that you can't think of yourself as the individual. Think more of the hive, he said. He said, um, you'll hear the whispers through your head, exactly like you, you saw in the, in the Borg uh, uh, the Borgs had in the the Star Trek movies you'd hear the whispers going back and forth from, from the center to computer to them and back and forth that's what he said you'd hear and you'd it, and be, be unable ever to even conceive or, or perceive of yourself as being a distinct separate human individual once this chip is implanted none of these things are why do we bother having governments? Because it really is a show, isn't it, the governmental aspect of things. They never ever touch on the big, big ongoing things or plans and, and gradually implemented. What governments are really is a rubber stamp for, the, for institutions that plan this kind of stuff. They just say, it's time you went ahead with this, get the stuff uh, on the table and stamp it and announce it to the public. That's what governments are really there for. We're not supposed to know, you see, that the governments haven't been running us for an awful long time. Think tanks and private committees have been running our lives for an awful, awful long time. That's the reality of it. Nothing is ever done in the open. It's the same with the stealth technique of combining the, the, the EU into one big conglomeration not just a meeting place where they would work together for trade, but actually to to, to create a, a new entity called the EU Parliament, a sovereign power, a new sovereign power in this day and age. A new sovereign power, that's a big, big deal. There's something the size bigger than the Soviet Union was, and still bringing in more clients all the time, members. And nobody at the start said either, that you give up your sovereignty, they said it was, not. it was just a meeting place to to deal with trade, you see. And they kept this lie up for 20, 30 years as they worked towards it, steadily since 1948. And then, of course, once it was all up and running and the Parliament was established, they declassified some of the first uh, um, papers they put out there, and it said right in there that the public were not to know, uh, and they were not to be told the truth that this was for a total amalgamation uh, of, and loss of sovereignty until it was completed and that 's exactly what they did that 's how the world runs with everything you, they don 't ever tell the public any truth on anything. If you into the writings of uh, the the advice given by Francis Bacon in one of his books to the to the king they' ought to write these sort of resumes very machiavellian to impress the king on how to be cunning and handle the public, he said that it is best the public never know the true machinations of government. This has always been this way. This article here says EU commission embassies are granted new powers. What are the new powers? Well, you see, these embassies are real embassies. The EU now has its own embassies to take over from sovereign embassies from all the participating countries. That's the eventual end goal of it all. And uh, this article, um, is from the EU Observer. The, the date, where's the date on this one here? I'll put the link up anyway. But it says, um, the EU has convert, converted 54 out of the European Commission's 136 foreign delegations into embassy type missions authorized to speak for the entire Union. That move follows the coming into force last year of the Lisbon Treaty, which has the creation of a new EU diplomatic corps as one of its main provisions. If people can't realise that's to do away with, say, your own independent one, then what do you think it's for? Why would you need two of them? to so take over all those countries' embassies and be those embassies for the Union. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And we'll go to the phones. And there's Jeff from Massachusetts. There you, there, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hel- I'm right here. Yes. I'm
1: right here. Okay. Yes. Now, as far as the internet is concerned, yep. and technology, and where things are going towards with, with global government and the CFR and all this other stuff. Well, you know, let me let me bring it down to a very, very low low and primal level, which is which is the stomach? I mean, I mean, people in America, when when the proverbial you know what hits the fan, and people are starving, and they can't get their beer, and they and they can't watch the football game, and American Idol, they're they're gonna simply say, say we have to get rid of all these vermin that caused this mess. All these right wing yahoos, down south, Midwest, flyover country. I mean, I mean, if the government gets rid of them. Good rid to them, and all these Christians that caused these wars in Iraq and, and so forth, and, and and the Jews that their that, that plan to get us into war into the war with Iran and all these other countries. People are, 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 are gonna, in America are going to make the Nazis look very tame tame in comparison, if I may use that term. All, because you see, this country has lost its foundation.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, that, that's the key to that. You're right on there.
1: We, we we have completely lost our foundation, and this country is 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 a prime target for a French Revolution style um, downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, no different than Lebanon when when Yasser Arapen and and his thugs invaded went into Lebanon and tore that country apart. And, and, the, and the Muslims used the liberalism of Lebanon to take over. No difference. And, and this, is, this has happened all throughout history. Mm-hmm. And, and the only difference is we're, we're going to have this, this on, a, on a global scale.
0: Yeah. Actually, there's a, there's a huge department within the UN and all the big security companies, agencies, uh, that plan and, and to deal with that very thing. They call them um, collapsed nations, where the internal structure has collapsed, uh, the cultural structure is a mess, uh, and their job is to go in and regain control through massive uh, and rather brutal martial law. So the U.S., of course, w- would also be under that if it should happen, and you're quite right, it can happen anywhere now. Yeah,
1: Exactly. And, and you know what's, what's funny is the American people, for the most part, are very unaware of this. There are very few people... That they're that, that privy to this kind of information, and I, don't, and I don't think the American people want to know this information mm-hmm. because because I had a person I, I knew a long time ago, and he said this to me: "Jeff, I do not want to talk about religion and geopolitics. All I want to talk about is sports and pornography."
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
1: he said yeah. that to me flat out, and 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 I'm going to close with this: there are people ready right now who feel that, that uh, Christians in China deserve to be in the gulag, because Christians are pushy. And, mm-hmm. and, and and you see the seeds are the seeds for Holocaust are already being planted to where the fetus is a parasite, and and, and everything has to do with cost. Mm-hmm. Cost, cost, cost. Yep. Dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. I thank you for having me on the broadcast, and have a good one.
0: And you too. Yeah, it's all down in dollars and cents, and that's what our lives supposedly are valued at by governments. How much is so and so worth? Uh, if not enough, well, you have to go, and that's as simple as that for the new uh, world system. From Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada. It's good night, me, Your God, all your gods, go with you.